All right, good evening. Let's call to order the Housing and Human Services Commission regular meeting of January 24, 2024 at 7.01 p.m. The city strongly denounces hate speech and does not tolerate disruptive behavior in our meetings. Sunnyvale prides itself on the rich diversity of our residents, and we're committed to creating a culture of belonging where members of our diverse community feel included, safe, and respected. This commission meeting is considered a limited public forum, which means the commission can regulate the time, place, and manner of speech to prevent our meetings from being disrupted. This protects the rights of other speakers and ensures the commission can accomplish its business in a reasonably efficient manner. Speaker comments must be limited to the agenda item being considered by the commission, and the presiding officer will make a determination as to whether a speaker's comment is related to an agenda item being considered by the commission. If a speaker does not comply, the presiding officer will rule the speaker out of order. The presiding officer will not rule speech out of order simply because the presiding officer disagrees with the content of the speaker's speech. And before we get started, I'd like to remind commissioners of some procedural items for this meeting. During the meeting, remote participants will remain muted when not speaking. If remote participants have a question or comment, please use the raise hand feature. Speakers will be called upon one at a time to speak. Members of the public may participate in person, online, or by telephone to provide public comment. Please submit a speaker card to the reporting officer in person or use the raise hand feature online to request to speak or star nine on a telephone. Location and conference materials are available on the meeting agenda. Captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom and captions can be displayed or hidden using the show captions button. And comments on matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time I call this item for oral communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time I close the public hearing on the agenda item and speakers are requested to keep their comments to no more than three minutes. And time limits will be enforced. Guidelines are posted on the city's website and on the meeting agenda. Now I'd like you to please join me in a salute to the flag. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, recording officer, may we please have a roll call? Yes, Chair. Um, Chair Duncan? Present. Vice Chair Rebeer. Present. Uh, Commissioner Davis. Present. Commissioner Hireman. Present. Commissioner Stewart. Present. Commissioner Stetson. Commissioner Weiss. Commissioner Weiss. No, no, don't. Just speak. Present. Thank you. <laughs> Let the record show we have six present with Commissioner Stetson absent. Thank you. All right, we'll move on to oral. 
We will now move on to oral communications. Members of the public will now have the opportunity to address the commission on topics not listed on tonight's agenda. This section is limited to 15 minutes and may be extended or continued after the public hearings general business section of the agenda. Individuals are limited to one appearance during oral communications. As stated at the beginning of the meeting, the commission meeting is considered a limited public forum and the commission can regulate the time, place and manner of speech. Speaker comments during oral communications must be limited to matters within the commission's authority to address generally referred to within the commission's subject matter jurisdiction. If a speaker does not speak to a matter within the commission's subject matter jurisdiction, the presiding officer will rule the speaker out of order to allow the commission to conduct its business in a reasonably efficient manner and to protect the rights of other speakers. The presiding officer will not rule speech out of order because simply because the presiding officer disagrees with the content of the speaker's speech. And now, as a reminder to the public, please submit a speaker card to the city clerk, raise your digital hand now, or star nine on a telephone if you wish to address the commission. I will call on the members of the public participating in person first, and then the city clerk will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it's their turn to address. The commission speakers will have three minutes to speak. Is anyone interested in speaking? We have no speaker cards, but we do have somebody um, online. All right. Um, we have Marie Bernard. Um, Marie, you should be able to unmute yourself now. You have three minutes. Good evening, commissioners and members of the city staff. My name is Marie Bernard from Sunnyvale Community Services, and I want to just share some headlines. I know that you're interested in the tenant-based rental assistance or TBRA program and how it's faring. And I want to just let you know that uh, right now we have 38 households enrolled in that program. Um, one recently exited and one just joined, and that's pretty typical every month. This program gives rental assistance for up to 24 months for families and um, individuals who are trying to um, really make sure that they can afford to live in the Bay Area, um, and uh, it gives them up to two years of assistance. Um, they're carefully selected as well as case managed so that they get a lot of support to make sure that they can remain housed even after that subsidy is removed. We have six families in the pipeline who are now searching for housing, and we have a waiting list of 12 families. So it's a very, very robust uh, program, and I want to thank you all for supporting it for the past two years. Two caveats, though, I want to let you know that um, last month, we had 36 families, so we've grown it by two. Um, of those 36 families, only six were still living in Sunnyvale. And by far, the reason that people need to move is the rent affordability here in Sunnyvale. So it's something for future thought of how do we make it possible for folks who live in Sunnyvale or lived in Sunnyvale to stay in Sunnyvale. And um, the most popular destination is often a place that might have um, rent stabilization, such as San Jose. So I leave you with those thoughts um, and thank you again for all your support. And we look forward to sharing more data and information about this program in the future. Thank you, Marie. Is there anyone on the commission that would have any questions for the speaker? Well, she's still on the line. All right, thank you very much. Do we have any other speakers online waiting to speak? We do not, Chair. 
I'm sorry, we do? We do not. Okay. Not. Then I'm going to go ahead and close oral communications and move on to the consent calendar. Um, item number 24-0249, approve the Housing and Human Services Commission meeting minutes of November 29, 2023. And I will go open, go ahead and open the public comment on the consent item calendar. Members of the public wishing to address the commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer, use the raised hand feature now, or dial star nine on a telephone to indicate you wish to speak. I will call on members of the public participating in person first, and then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute their microphone when it is their turn to address the commission. And speakers will have three minutes to speak. So is anyone interested in speaking on the consent calendar items? I have no speaker cards and nobody online. All right. Seeing none, I will close the public comment and now ask for a motion from my colleagues. Commissioner Davis. I move to accept the minutes. Commissioner Weiss. I move, I move approval of the consent calendar. I second the motion to approve the consent calendar. All right, is there any discussion or advocacy on the motion? Seeing none, may we please have a roll call? Yes, Chair. Bear with me. Um, Commissioner Weiss. Yes. Vice Chair Revere. Yes. Commissioner Hyerman. Abstain. Chair Duncan. Yes. Commissioner Stewart. Yes. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Thank you. Uh, let the record show that the motion carries 5-1 with uh, Commissioner Hiramath abstaining and Commissioner Stetson absent. Very good. We will move on now, uh, moving through the agenda quickly to the public hearing general business portion of the meeting. And as stated before, at the beginning of the meeting, this commission meeting is considered a limited public forum and the commission can regulate the time, place and manner of speech. Speaker comments during public hearing items must be limited to the agenda item being considered by the commission. And if a speaker does not comply, the presiding officer will rule the speaker out of order to allow the commission to conduct its business in a reasonably efficient manner and to protect the rights of other speakers. The presiding officer will not rule speech out of order simply because the presiding officer disagrees with the content of the speaker's speech. So we're gonna move on to item number 24, 0250, review and rank the 2024 study issues. Is there a staff report? Yes, thank you, Chair. Good evening to those commissioners I haven't met yet. My name is Jenny Carloni. I'm the housing officer, and it's really great to see everybody again. Um, okay, so tonight's item is to review and rank the study issues for the 24-25 fiscal year. 
um, there are two tonight to rank. And so we're going to go through the process together. The general overview is in attachment one of your staff report. So um, the basic parameters are to um, review the study issues, which I'll go over with you together. Then there's time for questions and answers um, about the study issue. And then the commission will decide um, if they want to drop, defer, or rank the study issues. Um, if they are dropped or deferred, they would not be ranked. We will only rank the ones that you choose to carry forward. Um, following tonight's meeting, the rankings will be sent to the city council who will consider them at their study issues workshop, which I believe the date is February 15th, um, where the council considers all the ranked study issues together and will um, basically put together a formal ranking of all study issues for the entire city which is where staff then looks at the rankings with the current workloads and decides which study issues can be accommodated this year and which ones will be held until next year. Um, so I'm gonna go over the two study issues in order of their numbering. The first one is CDD 2403, established a sanctioned encampment for unhoused individuals. So this was a sponsored study issue by the city council and the scope of this study issue would be to identify opportunity for a sanctioned encampment in Sunnyvale. Sanctioned encampments traditionally provide a place where unhoused individuals can reside with access to utilities like water, electricity, um, restrooms, things like that, and typically are paired with case management. It's not a shelter, it's simply a space where they can congregate together um, in their own terms, whether that be tents or other types of living arrangements like that. Um, the study would identify sites throughout the city, funding opportunities, funding needs, partnerships, best practices, um, and we would look at a variety of cities throughout California that currently have um, sanctioned encampments or safe sleeping programs already. The estimated funding for this study issue is 40,000 and it would be done in-house. The second study issue is CDD 2404, the Peary Park Specific Plan Amendment, also sponsored by the City Council. Um, the study here would identify adding a mixed use residential and retail zoning to accommodate residential development in the Peary Park specific plan along Matilda near San Aliso Avenue. The map of that site is shown in attachment three of the staff report, so it's only a, a small portion of Peary Park. Um, there's currently hotels located within this uh, region which the, um, the city finds to be incompatible with the adjacent residential areas, which is why we'd look at making that more suitable for the surrounding um, land uses. So the study would identify appropriate sites for new residential zoning, um, while also, also being very cautious of the airport land use commission uh, density and height restrictions because of the Moffett Park field um, flight path which would limit densities and heights in that in that region. So the study also would analyze environmental impacts, transportation and fiscal impacts from the potential conversion of land use there. Um, this study issue has a $350,000 um, budget with a two year timeline 
these types of specific plan amendments are typically handled by an outside consultant due to the workload. So that's an overview of the two study issues. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have before we go through the um, public comment and the drop defer rank process. Thank you. I, we have several that would like to speak, starting with Commissioner Stewart. Thank you for the overview. It's nice to meet you. You too. Um, I was interested in the incompatibility of the hotels with the residential area because there are a number of places in Sunnyvale that have hotels that back up against um, housing areas. I was wondering if there was anything specific about the businesses in the hotels um, that specifically made them incompatible with the residential area. The study issue uh, paper, attachment three, does reference um, recent increases in crime in this region. Um, but besides that, I, do, I don't know specifically um, what makes this region more incompatible than other regions, but that's what's referenced here in the study issue. Okay. And then I had a, thank you. And then I had a, a second question. I have a third question as well. Um, in redoing the zoning, um, it talks about badly needed housing. That would be dependent on being able to find a developer who's willing to take it on. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just because we rezone something does not mean we can um, quickly get new development within those parcels. It would just simply accommodate that type of land use in the future should a developer choose to purchase the hotels and redevelop those sites. Okay. Thank you. And then I had one more question. Um, the uh, study issue, it um, references community outreach. Is it known at all at this time? Um, is there a general consensus of opinion among the neighborhoods and the neighborhood groups at this time that is known, or is it is simply not known at this time? The outreach hasn't happened yet, and they right. haven't stated anything. The outreach has not happened yet, um, so I can't speak to the consensus um, of the neighbors, but traditional Sunnyvale policy is to do robust outreach, and that would include the neighborhood. It would also include citywide opportunities. So we would work really closely with that neighborhood, but I don't see anything in the paper specifically that mentions the neighborhood's point of view so far. Right. Thank you. Commissioner Davis. Yes. Uh, speaking to the issue dealing with sanctioned encampment for unhoused individuals, uh, why is it going to take two years and $40,000 to do this study? Um, the $40,000 would be the the time it would take for staff, the, the time and the cost it would take for staff to, to work on this. Um, it's not expected to have to go out to um, a consultant necessarily, but it depends on staffing. Um, and the, the two-year timing we anticipated is because we have a, a long uh, list of study issues and policies to complete currently. So that's why we anticipate um, being able to to finalize the study issue within two years. You do realize that our neighbor to the uh, west, Mountain View, mm -hmm. has an exceptional record in regards to uh, housing the unhoused. 
they have uh, safe vehicle parking. They have um, they have a organization that's come in and built uh, small shelters for people using containers. Uh, they've also built some tiny homes. You know, the city of Santa Clara has done something similar to that. And of course, we can go over and, and talk to the people in the redevelopment agency in San Jose, and they can probably give you answers to every question that you might have. So I could probably get this entire report done within two or three weeks. So yes, that is the the easier part of the study. The, the larger component of these types of studies is the outreach, right? And identifying the sites. And anytime we have a project that focus on the unhoused, you typically will see a wide range of support or um, lack of support for these types of projects. So we would really, really focus on outreach on these matters. So that will take longer. Um, we can learn best practices easily, but it's really the implementation and understanding of how it would work in Sunnyvale that takes the majority of time. Um, we would probably identify a handful of sites and then have to analyze each site and do outreach for each site specifically um, and understand where they could be practical when we bring the um, the study issue to council. So there's a there's a larger scope that would that would come to play here. I have a friend over in the county assessor's office that can get you all that information. You know, it's, it's really not information that's hidden in any place. No, it's not hidden, but it's just something we have to we have to research carefully based on sur surrounding land uses and compatibility because we have to be cautious where we put in a sanctioned encampments. You know, it has to be it it should not be near schools or or residential neighborhoods. So we just need to be cautious of analyzing the sites. Well, a couple of years ago, uh, I was working on a committee dealing with uh, safe parking. And we found that there was a church in our, in our community that was actually running a safe parking uh, situation. And as soon as the city became aware of that, you went over and you closed it down. Um, is there some thinking about uh, going out to uh, our local churches and seeing how many of them might be interested in taking on some of the safe parking issues uh, and, uh, you know, handle some of that problem? Absolutely. Our safe parking is underway right now. Um, so those conversations will be a huge factor when it comes to safe parking because the city doesn't have uh, surplus land currently for this type of product. So our, our private partnerships are going to be really important. And the faith-based faith community is a common player in these games. So we will definitely be working with them once we have a ordinance in place. But as of right now, we don't have that program and therefore the program being operated at that park was illegal. Uh, my next question is why hasn't the city uh, worked with the county and used Measure A funds to secure some uh, facilities for housing the unhoused? I particularly point out that there are two hotels on Waddell that have been vacant for over two years, which could easily house you know quite a number of people. And if we had worked earlier, there would have been Measure A money to be able to buy those properties, either outright or by uh, uh, the city imposing their will and taking the property. 
Those specific sites, we did reach out to the property owner um, and initiated conversations and the property owner did not continue those conversations with us. Um, we do have Measure A funding for homeless services in the upcoming Mid-Pen development on Sonora Court. There's permanent supportive housing within that development that's funded by Measure A. Um, but the city does not, the city doesn't take Measure A. It's, it's um, allocated to specific developments, whereas HomeKey was the state program that the city could apply for, um, where we currently have not um, pursued that very far. Could you have used Emma Domain to take those two hotels? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I can I can look into that and get back to you though. Yeah, because you know they're they're sitting there vacant, and we we have a need. We have a big need for you know housing people and getting them in there. And those are two great facilities to be just right for that purpose. Now moving on to the other study issue or the other uh, issue that's on the table here, and uh, we're talking about changing the status of the property to, to mixed-use residential. I went out and talked to everybody that was out there on, on Matilda Avenue today. And while they do say there were a couple of organizations, the Nash and Dine and, and the Denny's, did report that crime had gone up, but it had not gone up significantly. Sure. Denny said that it was more predominant during the late-night hours and that they have a severe problem of getting law enforcement to respond. You know, they've taken, it takes over 20 minutes for our law enforcement you know, to respond to uh, crimes in progress. And, you know, I don't, you know, I've been out of the business for a number of years, so I don't know what the, what the funding issues are, but, you know, that seemed absolutely uh, astounding. And uh, then I've talked to all the businesses and asked them about their economic standing and how they're doing. And every one of the businesses say that they're profitable and the business is good and strong in most instances. Now, we want to, and, and you talk about, you know, uh, stepping down development, you know, so as it gets closer to the, uh, the snail neighborhood, mm -hmm. <laughs> there are hundreds of three-story townhouses that were built right along the back fences of the people in Snail. And every one of those three-story townhouses looks down into people's backyards. So I don't know what we're talking about when you say that we're going to uh, try to restrict or you know, worry about the size of, uh, of the buildings. Right? It doesn't make any sense. And you, finally, the only way that you'd run into problems with the FAA is if you went over five, five stories. You know, I was here when we built the, uh, at, at first glance, it was going to be Lincoln, and we you know, got Apple to come in and take over the property. And there was a great big gigantic uh, fight with the Federal Aviation Administration because we were 102 feet, and they, they said that we had to be 100 feet. So we had to go up to the top of those buildings and redesign them and put the, you know, the air conditioning and ventilation systems deeper into the ceilings. So unless you're going up five stories, you're not going to have a problem with, with the Federal Aviation Administration. And it, uh, it just seems like this is, uh, we're, we're doing something that's going to impact, you know, our, our sources of revenue. 
by putting residential in there where you know we have hotels and motels that are uh, are profitable doing good business and on top of that are producing revenue that generates to the city so maybe at some point in the history we'll be able to hire another policeman that can sort of work that uh, that beat out there that's all i've got thank you and commissioner weiss Thank you, Chair. Um, Commissioner Davis has said a lot of what I was going to say, so I'll just um, add a little bit to it. I see the sanctioned encampment as an urgent issue, an urgent problem. And, and we spoke about this a couple of days ago, and I, I had mentioned how the Saratoga Ministerial Association does it, where they alternate parking lots, it's it's volunteer. Um, they have the kitchen facilities there. The the bathrooms are used. It's it's run very well with a lot of, of community input. Um, and and I, I agree. I don't think we can wait two years. Um, even even one year, I think this is something that maybe has to come before. Maybe it's time to look at some of the other um issues you're studying and see if if they're as critical as this because this um needs to be addressed now rather than after studying it for two years um so that's one thing as as far as, as perry park i remember we looked into this portion um, on and off different pieces of it. It was on planning commission. There was quite a bit of information when the charter high school went in there and the neighborhood at that time, Summit Denali, mainly was worried about traffic. And it, it was a high school and there had to be all kinds of constraints on when the parents could go, when the students could go, what the neighbors were worried about was traffic in an already overpocked neighborhood. Um, and you don't have that with the existing businesses on this side of, of Matilda. In fact, the McDonald's there is fairly new because that was part of the arrangement. It was a deal when the Hilton Garden Inn went in on the other side of Matilda McDonald's was there and the agreement was, okay, Hilton Garden can have that property and we will let McDonald's build across the street. So there's a chance for saying to McDonald's, well, you know what, we're going to rezone it. Um, I, I agree with Commissioner Davis that there might be better ways of doing this and committing $350,000 and all of this effort. Um, when it might be making more problems, it just might, it might be an easier way to alleviate some of the disturbances that are going on. And it would be good to continue with the retail and, and the, the revenue. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Chair Revere. Hello, thank you for your work and efforts on the study issues. And uh, a quick question on the uh, the first study issue related to the encampments. 
Overall, um, is there a estimation on the number of individuals that will be impacted positively by the um, the encampment update as a whole demographically? No, that would be a key factor of the study is to understand how many we could support based on the, the size of the of the facility of the of the space we choose. Okay, so from my understanding, so that would be a part of the the study or the data to be determined within the two years? Exactly. Okay, and then as far as the two-year timeline, would that be including the implementation or two years and then the implementation of the encamp? Implementation would occur after. So the time to study is identified, and then we take the study issue to council, and then we identify if there's upcoming costs, um, and the council would obviously choose to move forward or not and identify the the costs or not. So this the time we show within a study issue is simply to study and present the findings to the commission and the council. I see. Is there a, uh, a breakdown of a visual of each step of the timeline and maybe potential areas where it could be accelerated for more of a, a short-term um, consideration of the more immediate need? There's not. The, the study issue paper that you see is tr is really all we have to go off of at this point because there's no determination if we're going to move forward. So we try and limit our resources that we put into a potential study. Um, but I think, you know, your com I hear your comments loud and clear about the timeline and um, Council Member Melton hears them as well. So I think that's something we can consider when we look at the ranking um, staff and the council. And uh, would it be possible if a visualization of the timeline or the the progress of the the overall study would that be published on the website for residents as well? Um, when the study is completed, that information would be um, presented in a public hearing to the commission and the council. So those staff reports would be public information. Um, and then let's say it's ranked, let's say it's selected, and we just complete the study and we implement it then on our website, we would have information about the sanctioned encampment, um, information for participants, for community members to call with any concerns, things like that. So it would be a very public process, no matter what. Okay, thank you. And then uh, a question on the uh, second study issue about the conversion of land. So overall, the um, 350000 in involving the total budgeting, is that totally dedicated to staff as a whole, or would that include the cost of the land conversion? This is just the cost to study. And the cost for this one is high because um, a consultant is typically used for an amendment of this, a specific plan amendment of this size. Um, it's important to remember that there's CEQA analysis, there's transportation analysis, there's fiscal analysis that are done, and we hire um, experts in those fields to complete these studies for the city. So that's why the costs for these large planning documents are much larger. I see, thank you. And Commissioner Stewart. Um, I second my fellow commissioners inquiries to if, if there was a, is a way to speed it up. I don't know how any of this works. So I trust you to um, uh, take that inquiry for what it can be taken for. Uh, I had a question about the what type of encampment it would be in terms of permanent versus temporary. For example, the shelters after 120 days, usually you're exited. This may be a very premature premature question, but for the sanctioned encampment, would it be some place that they could stay until they decide to leave, whether that's six months, a year, et cetera? 
That would be part of the study that we would take into account. So there's a lot of different questions and scenarios like that that we would uh, analyze in this study. And I think that's a really great um, aspect for staff to consider is, is there a timeline? Is this permanent until they have potentially a shelter bed or a unit? So we would, we would analyze all of that in a study. Thank you. Are there any more questions from my fellow commissioners? Commissioner Davis? Yeah, I had uh, one more question. I think we've got to try to remember it. <clears throat> um, okay. Well, I can't remember, so we'll just let it go. Thank you very much for that. I have one, maybe one or two questions just to follow on. Um, Jenny, does the study for the sanctioned encampment have any relationship to um, the housing elements study for safe parking? No, they'd be completely separate. The sanctioned encampment is not uh, part of the housing element. Um, safe parking is a separate study, which is part of the housing element that is underway now, and that is specifically looking at RV parking, whereas the sanctioned encampment is typically a, a vacant plot of land that's most commonly occupied by tent structures and things like that, not by cars or RVs. Okay, so it's, it's one's ongoing and one's proposed now. Correct. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask a question of Council Member Melton. Uh, I'm all ears, <laughs> Chair. Um, there, there's in terms of the sponsors, you're missing on both of those, and I'm just curious if there's a prioritization message or you weren't in attendance. I, I was in attendance. Um, I, I would really have to put some thought into that. Um, there can be many factors going on um, at a council meeting when a study issue is sponsored by either myself or one of my colleagues. Um, I've remembered instances where um, I might have just had concerns about Chair Duncan, um, some aspect of the study. I'm speaking in hypotheticals now. Um, or there have been times where um, I've said, um, well, I'll just say I don't have any particular recollections of these two studies, Chair Duncan. It's a good question, and I'll take a look at it. Okay. Thank you. I, I didn't know if it kind of implied other prioritization that might be an interesting. There, there's a lot going on. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Do you mind, Chair Duncan, if I just keep my microphone on here for a second? I, I have some other thoughts I'd like to share with I, the not at all. If that's, we'd, we'd like to hear that. So um, I'm really enjoying the deliberations here by the Housing and Human Services Commission. I, I very much respect and um, think it's important uh, the words that you have to share. Um, the, the first point I wanted to make is a, is a very minor point. It's kind of wonkish public policy. It's about uh, Moffett Field and things that are close to Moffett Field. And the state of California requires each of the 58 counties to have an agency in the county called the Airport Land Use Commission. I know this because I happen to serve on the Santa Clara Airport Land Use Commission. 
And so the whole purpose of the Airport Land Use Commission is to make sure that things on the ground near an airport, such as Moffett Field or San Jose or Palo Alto, are safe in case the worst thing happens. So there's limitations on height, as Commissioner Davis was mentioning, there's limitations on density. Uh, and then also the second thing the ALUX take a look at is noise impact on the ground. So if something is proposed within a certain circumference around an airport, it simply falls within the jurisdiction of the ALUC. It's either in the jurisdiction or it's not in the jurisdiction. And if it's in the jurisdiction, the ALUC knows exactly how to analyze and make determinations about safety and noise. The um, other thing that I wanted to mention where I really appreciate the deliberations of the, of the commission are senses of urgency. I heard that from Commissioner Weiss and from Commissioner Stewart and others, um, words along the lines of, I feel a tremendous sense of urgency. And these are very important words to be expressed. And what we're talking about is prioritization of things in the city of Sunnyvale. So uh, the, the first thing that will happen, uh, as a matter of fact, tomorrow, city council is having an all-day strategic workshop. And once a year, we set the council strategic policy priorities for the city. I don't know if this was in your staff report or not, but it's six or seven most important things in the city of Sunnyvale. Uh, and one of council's strategic policy priorities, in fact, we implemented it last year, is support the unhoused community. So this is very ultra high level direction to city staff to say, as you go about your business running the city and sorting things out about what comes first or second or third, is look at this list of council strategic policy priorities. And I'll say that council um, reflecting our strategic policy priorities feels the same sense of urgency that I'm picking up from the commission. So I wanted to mention that the, the other things that will happen is Sunnyvale, I can say is a very well-run city. So if we have um, study issues from previous years that have been underway for some amount of time entailing the expenditure of dollars and money and time and resources, it's, it's pretty likely that the city's gonna keep moving forward on those to completion. And then of course, new study issues will continue to fill in to the back of the pipe. Um, but that's just a matter of orderly completion of business because of the existing expenditure of time and resources. And then finally, as Jenny noted on February 15th, when all of the study issues come to council that have been reviewed by all of our board and commissions, we go through a mathematical sorting process, a ranking process. And if I have, uh, I think it's going to be about five study issues in the community development department, depending on how many of those that are not dropped and not deferred that make it to the ranking process, I'm going to rank them forced ranking one, two, three, or two, three, one, or however I choose to rank those. My six colleagues will do the same thing. And then it's all just mathematically tallied up together to come up with a single forced prioritization by the council. So that process comes to mind when I hear the commissioners say, I feel a tremendous sense of urgency. Um, 
then where you're getting into is advocacy with the individual council members saying, I want you to prioritize this one, the highest of the ones that are to be ranked. So thank you for letting me just share some behind the scenes details about how things get sorted, prioritized and, and so forth. Thank you, Chair. No further questions? Then we will move on and open this up to the public hearing portion on this specific item. Members of the public wishing to address the commission, please submit a speaker card to the recording officer or use a raise hand feature or dial star nine on a telephone to indicate if you wish to speak. I will call on members of the public participating in person first, and then the recording officer will ask remote participants to unmute when it's their turn to address the commission. Speakers will have three minutes to speak. Is anyone interested in speaking on this item? We have no speaker cards, but we do have uh, one speaker online. All right. Then uh, should we go to the remote participants? Mm -hmm. Marie, you are, um, you can unmute yourself now. Uh, you will have three minutes to address the commission. I am doing a manual uh, timer. I apologize. We're having a little technical difficulty on that. I'll give you a verbal cue when you have 30 seconds left. I trust you, Edith. This is Marie Bernard from Sunnyvale Community Services again. Uh, thank you again, staff and commissioners. I'm here speaking in support of study issue CDD 2403 on the establishment of a sanctioned encampment for unhoused individuals in Sunnyvale. Our agency, SES, is often asked how many unhoused persons are there in Sunnyvale? Here are some numbers. The 2023 Santa Clara County point in time or pit count calculated 385 homeless individuals in Sunnyvale during that night. The total number of unhoused persons in Santa Clara County was 9,903, a slight decrease from the prior year. So Sunnyvale's count in that count was 4% of the total. Our agency also counts individuals who come to our agency for services each year. Last year, we served 10,614 unduplicated individuals with one or more services, ranging from groceries to rental assistance, case management, and referrals. Out of those individuals, 770 during the year were unduplicated individuals who were unhoused. So that's 7% of the number that we have, and twice as much as the pit count, just for um, comparison. Another number. Um, it was a pleasure to have Amanda Stoltz, our new city's homeless services manager, attend the first ever unhoused resource fair that we held at Sunnyvale Community Services. 142 unhoused people came in just three hours on a rainy day. 20 providers and partner agencies offered a range of services, including vision testing, dental checks, job training programs, and connections to housing. It shows how eager unhoused individuals are to seek services and how willing the community is to help. A sanctioned encampment would give people the dignity of a safe location with a bare minimum of services such as security, bathrooms or porta-potties, and basic shelter from the elements and offering needed stability to individuals. And with strong partnerships, a sanctioned encampment can save our city money in many ways, including costs of public safety and public works, as well as help save lives. 
Nonprofit and government partners could deliver services at the location or locations. There would be access better for transportation, medical services, case management. Okay. Oh, how's it? So 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, and healthy food would all more easily be coordinated if it was organized this way. SES would like to be at the table as part of a local network of nonprofits and government agencies to pursue this study issue and do it with, with haste. One last number, our core mission is preventing homelessness and hunger. We've seen a 25% increase since last year of the number of families coming each week for groceries. 1,300 families, actually more than that today in need of food, anything we can do to help our neighbors will benefit all of us in Sunnyvale. Thank you. Do we have anyone else wishing to speak? All right, seeing we have none, I will close the public hearing and uh, we'll now determine if there are any study issues which should be dropped. Is there a motion from my colleagues to drop any study issues? Commissioner Davis. Move that we drop uh, CDD 2404. Is there a second? Commissioner, I okay. I said, I second it. All right. I think it's time then for us to have a discussion or advocacy on this item and I'll, I'll try to do better with the microphones. <laughs> Commissioner, okay. Commissioner Davis, would you like to speak to your motion? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I think that uh, my trip to the area today proved or at least showed me significantly that there was not a need to change the uh, change the environment of that area. You know, the businesses that are there are profitable and they're doing well. Uh, if there's a crime problem, we need to address the crime problem with our public safety department. But above all of that, you know, uh, we, what I saw over there, was in, in, and I haven't been over there in about 10 years, but there were hundreds of three-story uh, townhouse units that were built along industrial property there. And if you're worried about the numbers in regards to uh, the housing units that the arena is requiring you to build, might I re uh, refer you to the Moffat Park specific plan, you know, where you've already uh, noted that there's going to be over 10,000 units or 10, there's the availability of over 10,000 units to be built there. Then go and look at the El Camino uh, precise plan. And uh, along the El Camino, you have uh, re-indexed a number of very valuable commercial properties and said that they could be mixed-use residential, including large shopping centers uh, that uh, Safeway uh, holds down. Now, those, those particular properties are not going to turn over any time in the near future, but you get credit for that by saying we've changed the, the, uh, the environment and we've, we would allow a developer to come in and build uh, residential and mixed use in these major shopping centers. Uh, I think that you've you've already made 
your impact uh, with the State Department of Housing in regards to your arena numbers. And I don't think that there's any necessity to go ahead and disturb the, the properties that are currently there and the businesses that are successful and have been a long-term uh, project for our city. Thank you. Commissioner Weiss. Thank you, Chair. Um, from, from what I've seen in the mixed-use developments, the developers have had a hard time actually getting in ground floor retail. And there are many empty holes in some of these mixed use developments and buildings. Um, I, don't, I don't see this as improving what is there now. Um, Peary Park has already, from the original plan to now, added a substantial amount of housing units and a lot of a lot of thought and effort has gone into it and um i i would find it hard to justify $350,000 and what's categorized as a major staff effort to look into something that i don't i don't see a real need for at this time so I would, I would ask my fellow commissioners to consider dropping this particular study. Thank you, Vice Chair Revere. Appreciating the comments of fellow commissioners and a quick uh, question or points in terms of clarification on, um, is there another process which the study uh, number two in terms of converting of land could be addressed in another form or type rather than it seems like the more urgent types of potential study issues that are already in line. Um, since it is aligned more with business, residential, and fiscal, that does include our current community, is there another potential area that could be addressed or way to minimize the cost towards more in-house analysis over a longer period of time? When it comes to looking at multiple parcels at once, um, an amendment to a specific plan is the most um, cost-effective and time-sensitive way to do that. We typically don't look at one parcel at a time. Uh, we call that spot rezoning or spot zoning. We typically don't want to do that um, one-off. So unfortunately, the, the, this amendment concept is the best approach to looking at this region. Um, it's just a matter of, is this the right study? Is this the right time to study? As the fellow commissioners have been saying that, but um, what's proposed here is is the best plan of action to look at all these parcels together to make sure it's a cohesive land use. Thank you. And also, is there a benefit to providing the consultant analysis externally versus internally and potentially spreading out the cost over time? By your question, do you mean the different components of the study over time? Yes. Yeah, so would there be a greater benefit to having the consulting externally versus internally? Well, we would always hire an outside consultant um, because they are the experts in those fields. So, for example, we typically don't do this large scale environmental or traffic analysis um, in-house. We might do it for a, one project, but not for a, a larger scope like this. Um, so again, when we're looking at all of these pieces together in one large study, that's why we would use an outside consultant. And that is the most time efficient. It may be expensive, but it is the most time efficient uh, way to handle that. 
Okay, and one last question on, so overall, do we know in the queue how many study issues are there to be potentially prioritized? Um, for CDD, for the upcoming year, we have 10 or 11, but that's only CDD. So citywide, I don't know. And I don't know if Councilmember Melton knows off the top of his head. On, uh, on Tuesday night, just two nights ago, I think we added another five or six to the hopper. Uh, I think we're probably at 40 or so citywide, which is a typical number for the city. And you'll find that um, council is pretty disciplined and we get the list down to about 10 by the end of the day, either through drops or deferrals. Um, at which point I'll just chime in. I'm so grateful for all of the incredible ideas that come from all corners of the community vice chair. And there's only enough time and budget to do so many of them. Thank you, Staff Member and Council Member Melvin for your um, helpful details. Commissioner Hiremith. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you all the commissioners for uh, your input. So I came into this meeting thinking this very part thing uh, is a candidate for deferral. But after uh, specifically hearing from uh, Commissioner Davis and getting some inside data, uh, uh, I am totally in support of uh, dropping this. I, I have only one question here, and it might be both to you, Jenny, and Councilmember Melton. Is there any effective difference between deferring versus dropping? Because the study issue came from a council sponsor sponsorship, even if the commission tonight votes to drop, it will still be brought to the council uh, for them to consider. If it were something that the commission had sponsored and then you decided to drop, then that would not move forward. So either way, it'll go to the study issue workshop. Um, in terms of drop and defer, I can I can see if Councilmember Melton has any words of wisdom on the difference. Um, great question, Chair Duncan. Um, on February 15th at the council workshop, um, we'll be sorting through by department all 40-ish of the study issues. Uh, a vote to drop a study issue means that for whatever reason, based on the individual ju judgments of the council members, or in this case of the commissioners, that the study issue does not have merit. That's a very individual decision to make that um, this is something that's not important to Sunnyvale. This is something that's too expensive uh, for Sunnyvale, that the topic is not supported by the community, misguided, just whatever goes into and and that you don't want to talk about this anymore. You see no need to talk about it anymore. So drop is done. Uh, deferral means that there is some merit to it, but just not today, right? That other things may need to germinate or um, come to evolution in the city before this particular proposed study issue comes to prime time. So a deferral on February 15th means we're just going to push it out for a year and revisit it next February. I hope that answers your question. Thank you. And that generated some additional questions. Commissioner Davis. Yeah, uh, Jenny, a question for you. <clears throat> if we vote to delete this uh, issue, will the reasoning behind that decision be forwarded to the council or will it just come out as the HA, uh, human health, uh, housing and human services have just voted to delete it? The rankings and the minutes are forwarded to the council, so they'll be able to see the discussion. Oh, okay. Thank you. 
Commissioner Weiss. If in if a proposed study issue is dropped, isn't there a time limit, a couple of years before it can be brought back again, like two years or so, I think? It cannot be brought back again before a couple of years? That is a good question. Do you happen to know that one? Yeah. I, I, Carol or Commissioner Wise, I've heard of the existence of that and I've, I've even bumped into it. I think there's a three-year rule, but in the recent past, we sort of overhauled the rule book for study issues, so that may or may not still be in there. And and by the way, um, I have seen where a study issue that was dropped the previous year was reinstated because a majority of the council members wanted to waive the rules and reinstate it for valid public policy reasons. So I've seen that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, if there are no other questions, may have set a record for this commission for advocacy. I think it's time for a roll call vote. All right, Chair Duncan. Yes. Commissioner Wise. Yes. Commissioner Stewart. Yes. Vice Chair Revere. Yes. Commissioner Hireman. Yes. Last but not least, Commissioner Davis. Yes. Thank you, the motion carries uh, 6-0. Okay, we are moving forward with this agenda item and we're now going to determine if any study issue should be deferred is there a motion to defer a study issue seeing none uh, we will move forward um, and at this point we are supposed to go through a process of ranking but we have only one item to rank. I just like to check with the process. Is there any vote required? So there, there is no ranking. You're gonna discuss that you are ranking at one because it's your only one and you will have a vote accepting that ranking of one. <laughs> okay, um, then I will open it up. Is So do we need a motion at this point? We need a motion then for Commissioner Hiremeth. Yeah, I move uh, to rank uh, uh, the sanctioned encampment uh, uh, CDD 2403 to be ranked uh, number one from the Housing Commission. Is there a second? Is there a second, Commissioner Davis? Yes, I second that motion. Okay, now we will have, is there any discussion or advocacy on this item here? Commissioner Stewart. Uh, not that it's in doubt uh, uh, how um, important this is, but um, I'm sure everybody has noticed, you know, you go to Sprouts, you go to the library, you go to Coldstone, there's always a new homeless person. Uh, I regularly bring them sleeping bags and tarps, food, socks. I ask them what they want. I drive over to Big Five and get them size large sweats whatever it is they they want. 
Um, and over uh, some years, I've built up some relationships with them, and I've seen some of them go through the shelter process, the TBNR process, uh, and um, there's it's good to have the TBNR. It's it's good to have the shelter, uh, but we need more options. Uh, the shelter is wonderful because it, it's a low barrier, but as a result, you get people who can have, you know, mental breakdowns and that becomes stressful for everybody else. Um, they were required to build in building the shelter to agree to have it be non-permanent housing, which means they all get exited after 120 days unless they get a special exception. Um, there's often not enough beds. When they're exited, they're not given any supplies, no sleeping bag, no clean clothing, no tents, uh, no transportation uh, to maybe where they came from. Uh, there's um, storage is very, very small. And again, you know, the shelter is dealing with, do we want more beds or do we want more storage? Probably more beds probably is the right decision. But when I talk to people staying at the shelter, these are the things that make them feel a great deal of stress. Often we're not guaranteed beds at the Sunnyvale shelter. Oftentimes they're told they can go to San Jose and they always immediately say no, because if they get exited in San Jose, now they're very far from everyone and everything. Uh, and if they have jobs, which they often do, um, it's, it's very difficult to get back to Sunnyvale to work. And with the, um, I just feel a sanctioned encampment is such an excellent option. And for example, I'm sure most people were familiar with the camp that was um, over on Fair Oaks and Central Expressway. That camp was swept on uh, Friday. Advocates begged and pleaded with the county, please put them in a hotel, which they decided to do late at night. Advocates could only find three of those people and have managed to scoop up a few more. Um, most of that work was done Actually, all of that work was done by helping hands. I shouldn't say all. All the work I know of was done by helping hands. Um, and so now there's seven nights in a hotel. They'll be have to leave the hotel with about two days between them and the next rainstorm. You, you know, you've got hypothermia and all these dangers before they find their next safe place. Um, in fairness to the neighborhood, that encampment with 11 people produced a lot of trash. Every time I went into the encampment, there was this huge stinking mound. It didn't always get bigger. Sometimes it got smaller. I don't, I don't know how it got smaller. Um, wind and other things just sort of scattered the trash far and wide. Um, I understand the stress um, from the neighbors. Uh, the campers themselves often had the problem where they were offered a night in a hotel and they didn't take it because they knew someone was going to come and steal their things or the angry people from the neighborhood would, might come in and um, damage their belongings. Uh, so, and then they would, they didn't have electricity, so to, with it to cook or to try and keep clean, um, they would build fires. And as we all know, fires at encampments are a huge problem. I am not aware that that camp had a fire, but it was always a danger. So the sanctioned encampment is just, is so terrific in so many ways that you can have electricity so they can cook and they don't, you know, the danger of fires goes way down. You have the waters, you have the cleanliness, 
you have the bathrooms. It's um, many of the women um, are terrified to leave their tent at night to go to the bathroom. So, you know, now you have these nice bathrooms right there. Uh, you've got the advocates can get to them. Um, as Marie Bernard stated, you know, uh, all the different groups can come in the doctors, the um, caseworkers, the dentist. Um, it's just uh, a sanctioning encampment allows for, for all these things. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, this study issue. Um, I'm very excited that uh, uh, it seems to have a lot of support. And um, uh, I, anyways, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Harmuth. Yeah. Uh, as we have seen from the discussion, I don't think it needs any special advocacy to convince all of us here and we are on the same page. Uh, the specific uh, two items that I wanted to draw attention was uh, uh, or to call out uh, so that the council members hear, pick up the urgency of uh, this particular uh, study and they consider it. And hopefully when this minutes are presented, I don't know if there's a way we can really highlight the urgency. Uh, the second part of that is and not fall into the traditional uh, study issue process that the city follows. And in the past, I've spoken this multiple times where uh, anything that goes into study issue in Sunnyvale, it's like uh, literally like a black hole. Everything takes two years, three years. By the time we come out of it, it's time to revisit. Uh, right? So uh, find a way somewhere we can get this thing done in really compressed timeline. Probably that will help a lot more then go through the entire uh, study issue process. Uh, any, any, every step of the way, if we can find anything to optimize, we should just jump on it. So i uh, just like to add that to the class. Uh, thank you. Commissioner Davis. Yes. <clears throat> the unhoused situation in our county has been very near and dear to my heart for a number of years. Back in the 1980s, I was asked to accompany the San Jose Police Department when we went into Coyote Creek and we removed uh, that very large group. And to see the situation these people were living in was absolutely heartbreaking. And the other heartbreaking part about it was we didn't give them an alternative. We just gave them the order to move. And so they moved about three miles down the, the creek and, you know, set up another community. Uh, fortunately, since the 1980s, the state of California, as well as Santa Clara County, have become much more uh, progressive. You know, the city of Mountain View, as I talked about earlier, has safe parking. They have two large sites. They, they take care of over 180 different units. They have, uh, they have bought a hotel right at the, the corner of uh, uh, El Camino and, and right behind, it was the Crescent Hotel. Uh, and they bought that and refurbished that. And they, uh, another unit, another company that's out of uh, Palo Alto came in and uh, built a community where they took uh, uh, cargo containers, uh, refurbished them, put, on, put up a hundred units and they did that within an extremely short period of time. And they they had sewers, they had water, they had electric, they had uh, rooms for you know people to gather in and to utilize for cooking and other things. We have become so much smarter since 1980 that it just 
impossible for me to believe that it's going to even take a year to be able to come up with a, a program that is going to be beneficial for our city. Now, I do want to bring to everybody's attention that the city of Sunnyvale, back in the uh, early 2000s, have a store that they can uh, proudly uh, wear on their, on their shirts. Fair Oaks Park was overrun with uh, the unhoused. We had tents everywhere. And then the city of Sunnyvale in cooperation with the state of California and a number of agencies took over the National Guard Armory. And we built two lovely facilities on that, on that land there. And 85% of everybody that was in Fair Oaks Park is now housed in those facilities. Now, there's some discussion about, you know, time limits in some of the tiny homes and some of the other places that San Jose has, has instituted. But Mayor Mahan has changed that. He no longer has a time limit in regards to how long you can stay there. He, the only time limit he has is as long as you can stay there until we can get you more permanent housing. And those are the kinds of things that we've got to start looking forward uh, from this point to make sure that we address the issue of, of the unhoused. Now, there is one other statistic that I'll give you that uh, is heartbreaking in some respect. 25% of all those who are, uh, who are unhoused at this time suffer from some sort of severe mental disability and they will not be rehoused. And you know, I, I hope that within the next few years, we come up with a plan that is able to address that issue. The governor has, has uh, moved forward with his, his uh, core system that uh, will uh, give us the authority to put these people in institutions. But we did that back in the 1970s and Ronald Reagan came in and sold all of our state hospitals. I'm not sure that that was the right way to handle the problem either, but you know, we, we need to address this problem and we need to make it a major shove on all of our uh, shoulders, not only the city of Sunnyville, not only the city of Mountain View, not only the city of San Jose, but all, the entire state of California. Thank you for your willingness to listen to me. Vice Chair Revere. Thank you for um, the comments from fellow commissioners also echoing their sense of urgency and um, looking forward to the um, ranking of study issues in, in February from the council, as well as um, encouraging to know that it's one of the strategic city priorities. Uh, just also a thank you to Marie Bernard and the um, Sunnyvale Community Services for um, the unhoused resource fair and the number of resources their team continues to provide. Um, based on the numbers, um, the uh, between 400 to 700 individuals or 4 to 7% of the in-house population would directly benefit from having this uh, as an alternative um, and safe shelter with the encampments. And that also provides a centralized point of contact for um, increased um, events and organizations such as an, an unhoused resource fair, access to dental, vision, medical, and um, for safety as well for um, Sunnyvale Community Services and other organizations and partnerships to have a centralized point of contact to help with uh, transportation connection and bridging more resources that may help um, the 4 to 7% of the unhoused population to um, then become uh, housed or rehoused. So uh, thank you for your work on that and looking forward to the, uh, the February study issue uh, workshop. 
I will s simply add that, uh, yes, I'd like to make sure the record reflects that from this commissioner and this commission uh, that there's this item, and I think that we would feel there's about everything else comes second. Um, would certainly hope that the council could put this in a single digit priority list. And um, Jenny, I would just simply stress that, you know, I understand the reasons behind the study process, but this is one where we don't need perfect. We, we don't even need very good. We just need good. Um, good sooner than very good later or excellent in two years. That would be my simple um, input. And I think it's time for a roll call. All right, Commissioner Stewart? Yes. Chair Duncan? Yes. Commissioner Wise? Yes. Vice Chair Revere? Yes. Commissioner Davis? Yes. Commissioner Hyman? Yes. Thank you. Let the record show. The motion carries 6 0 with uh, Commissioner. Stetson absent. Okay, thank you. We're now moving towards the end of the agenda with the non-agenda items and comments. This portion of the agenda is for oral reports and announcement by commissioners and or staff to share information. Commissioners, do you have any non-agenda items or comments? I, yes, Commissioner Stewart. Um, Marie Bernard mentioned that there was a new unhoused manager. It's very exciting. What is the name? What is their name? I will introduce her in my comments as soon as you're done. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Jenny. All right. Well, again, great to see everybody and to our new commissioners. Huge thank you to Edith and to Ernie for helping fill in while I was away. Um, so a few updates on my end. Um, tomorrow is the strategic workshop. It starts at 8.30. It is in this room. It's also on um, Zoom and on the city's YouTube channel. The first couple of hours are the typical overview of the city's budget and staffing levels and a lot of really great information. And then we move into the specific focus groups throughout or the focus areas throughout the day. So lots of great information. There is public comment right in the beginning of the meeting as well, if you wanted to speak on um, behalf of yourself or the commission. Um, okay, our new homeless services manager. So Marie did kind of steal my thunder. Um, Amanda Stoltz started last week, two weeks ago, time is flying. Um, she joined us from the county of Yuba in, here in California and she has already hit the ground running. Um, unfortunately, we, we do have other vacancies in housing as of December, so she is working to fill um, to on an interim role to kind of take over some of those duties, primarily with our grant program, which is gearing up right now. Um, so we have a slight pause on letting her run wild with homeless services so that we can really focus on our HUD programs for a couple months. Um, but she has joined us and we really look forward to all the fantastic work she's going to do here in Sunnyvale. We will introduce you to her at our March meeting where she will present the, the grant recommendations. Um, so look forward to that. 
Um, as far as our upcoming meetings go, um, we did have an overview of homeless services on the February agenda. Um, I, I'm going to need to push that back to March or April, unfortunately, just so we can get a little breathing room for Amanda to get familiar with a lot of the programs. Um, so we will be canceling our February meeting. Um, so you can go do something fun that night instead. And um, our March meeting will then be the meeting where the grantees will provide their presentations on their applications. The commission will be presented with the grant recommendations. And we also have um, a separate loan extension request for an affordable housing development. So we will have a large agenda um, for that night. So those are all my comments. Council member, did you have any final comments? No, just um, to say I'm looking forward to spending the next half year with the commission. I can't remember if this is my second or third go around with this esteemed commission in my time as a council member, uh, but always um, one of the great parts of the uh, many various assignments we get is um, to serve as council liaison to our many amazing boards and commissions. And I'm looking forward to the next half year here. Thank you. Housing officer, do we have any other items on the agenda? We don't, but uh, Commissioner Hiramath had his hand up. Commissioner Hiramath, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I, at least, uh, since I've been on this commission, this is your second time. <laughs> <laughs> no further items? Uh, we don't have any other items. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to interject one small item that this meeting feels comfort a little more comfortable seeing housing officer Carloni back in her position here. We, we welcome you back and congratulate you on what you've been doing in the last five months. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So I second that. Back. If you need a motion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, seeing that, I think it's time that we adjourn at 7.22, uh, 8.22 PM. Thank you.